Welcome to Vegas Revealed, Episode 6. It is a packed episode. Former Las Vegas Mayor Oscar Goodman is here. He's known around the world, and he's talking with us about his alleged mob connections and all that's new here in Las Vegas. Plus, the A-list celebrity gala, Power of Love, will honor Neil Diamond this year. What it takes to put on this mega fundraiser year after year, and what stars are coming out to support it. Hello everyone, it's time for Vegas Revealed. I'm Dana Roselli. And I'm Sean McAllister. We are coming to you from our broadcast home, the Palazzo Broadcast Studio at Legacy Stadium here at the Venetian and Palazzo. By the way, <laughs> we got to remind you, parking is free here. F-R-E-E. That's right. Listen, we usually start talking about a couple things at the top of the podcast, but we have so much to talk about with our next guest today. We're just going to get right to it. All right, and our first guest is a guy who really doesn't need an introduction here in Las Vegas. Everybody knows well, him. Well, don't limit me to Las Vegas, please. I'll walk down the streets of New York City, and they know who I am. That is very true. And, and Beverly Hills, and they know who I am. That's true. Even Macon, Georgia. <laughs> Oscar Goodman, how are you? Hi, I I'm so happy I'm here today. I, I want to congratulate the two of you. Thank you. You have a little bit of freedom now. Oh, we do. And you're able to be creative, and... Uh, it's your own business, which is terrific. I, yeah. I congratulate you. Thank, Thank you very it's much. So we much appreciate fun. that. Yeah, right. it's been so much fun talking about you know everything Las Vegas and everything going on really around the world. Sounds like a gentleman's club, though. <laughs> Vegas revealed. Vegas revealed. You like that? That's well, why we're I don't like, know well, I like it. I, I have a very tough uh, taskmaster at home, but I think <laughs> the people who are here regarding the uh, election probably like. It. <laughs> we may have to franchise this Vegas revealed I idea. I know we do. We need to trademark it. <laughs> Branch hey, off. Listen, before we get started, uh, there's apparently a martini coming in for you um, because we know that you can't really I sit can't, here for 15 minutes. My liver minutes began to quiver about a half an hour ago. <laughs> here um, it comes. I'm starting to shake from okay. the Thank you. Thank you, Leandra. Look at that. It, see, this Ooh, is the way I have it. Jalapenos? Yeah, and I'm going to describe it to uh, okay. the listeners. Okay. It's a very nice um, uh, martini glass uh, filled with Bombay Sapphire gin, and it has two little jalapenos in it that's uh, my uh, garnish of choice and when I drink it from here and I'm pointing to about a quarter of an inch from the top down to about an inch um, it, it's as cool as it gets it's mellow and from the, about the halfway mark down to the bottom I begin to lose uh, the, the sense of feel in my tongue, in my fingers, and in my toes. So it tells you a little bit, but I want to... Cheers to you. I, cheers! I, I always need a reason We've got to... got water. To, 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 cheers. Oh. We have the boring drinks. I know. Why didn't we get one? My liver's good. quivering, too, now that you mention it. <laughs> See, I'll corrupt everybody before oh we through here. You have so many uh, titles. I don't even know where to begin, you know? Be I mean, begin but, at the beginning. Begin at the beginning. It's always a good spot. Well, you were born. I was born. I, I was born uh, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, and was educated back there. Went to a small Quaker school, Haverford College, an excellent school, mm -hmm. and then to the University of Pennsylvania Law School. And uh, Carolyn and myself came out here in 1964. We arrived in Las Vegas with $87 in our collective pockets. Didn't know us all. I got a job in the DA's office as a clerk while I studied for the bar. and met a lot of important people in town. People with the unions, uh, people with the judiciary, 
and the moment I got my license they began to send me business which was great and never had a bad day practicing law for over 40 years then there came a time that I said uh, I'm gonna do something different pulled the family together because I had represented reputed mobsters all over and a lot of other people too but my reputation was representing the mob and I said to them you know I'm gonna do something different they said what do you have in mind dad I said I think I'd like to run for mayor well we have a very democratic family with a little d mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little F for that matter. And they, uh, they um, took a vote. Carolyn abstained. And my four children voted for it and nothing against me. I said, why? They said, Dad, there's no way you can win. You have more baggage than the guys out of McCarran. <laughs> so, with that, I won. And I know I'm in a, um, a hotel which is owned by Sheldon Adelson. Uh, but uh, he did not own the paper at the time that the editorial came out. And the editorial was crazy. I went, went down to my driveway on uh, Sunday morning after the Friday that I filed, the last day of filing. Picked up the paper, brought it into our little dinette, opened it up. The editorial was anybody but Oscar for mayor, <laughs> which is a great way to get involved in Did politics. you frame that? I, I, I framed it in my mind. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I have never forgiven them. And wherever I go, I talk about it. But then the next week, this is unbelievable, the San Francisco Chronicle, said Las Vegas should not elect the barrister to butchers. And I'm saying to myself, what is it their business? I mean, here's a place where you can't even see the city through all the, the fog. Uh, the only thing you see is the top of a bridge, a stupid bridge, and everything costs 10 times as much as it does in Las Vegas. And they're saying, Las Vegas should not elect me. But I won, and I had a great 12 years, and then made a little bit of history. Mm -hmm. First time in the history of the United States, a mayor swore in a spouse to succeed them when Carolyn got elected, and now she's in her third term. So it's been a great ride. It really has. Incredible. And and when you talk about all the stories that you share with everyone, we love that you're an open book. I think that that, that helped. Don't you think that that has really helped people just kind of embrace your way? You know, There's I, nothing I, to hide. I, there's nothing to hide, and <laughs> I learned that lesson uh, early on the campaign trail during my first election. Uh, my son was in the Marine Corps at the time, and he called up to see how we're doing, and I said, Ross, I have my first debate up at Sun City, and where all the inveterate voters are. It's very important to make a good impression. And I said they're going to send somebody. My opponent is going to send somebody up there to bait me because they know I have a bit of a temper. I said, "What should I do?" He said, "Well, uh, do a uh, um, I forget what he called it. It's like a strike. You strike them before they right. strike you. Okay, oh yeah. yeah, a preemptive strike. Preemptive strike. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what he meant. I still don't know what he meant, but." It, I, <laughs> Uh, I got up, and a uh, fellow comes up, and he says, um, when's the last time you've been in City Hall? And turns around and starts, starts walking away. I said, wait a second, buddy. You asked me a question. I'll come up here. I'm going to answer your question. Well, the, the audience starts trembling. All these old folks, like me now, but I wasn't old then. And uh, they start trembling. What's this candidate screaming at one of us in the audience about? I said, come on up here. I said, when you ask me a question, I'm going to answer it, okay? And the answer is, I've never been in City Hall. And I'll tell you something else. Uh, don't call me after 5 o'clock because I'll be drunk. <laughs> and I won't remember. And I'll tell you something else. I'm a degenerate gambler. And I'll gamble on anything that moves. I'll gamble on a cockroach, whether it's going to go left or right. <laughs> when I got through with my list of things that are my vices, um, there, there was no way to attack me. No. I uh, said it all from then on. It was a cakewalk. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's such so it's great. It's true. May, you know, maybe some of these candidates who are here... Uh, for the debate, yeah, maybe they should do that too. You know, every once in a while, you have to tell people about uh, where you're not the strongest mm -hmm. in the world, and you are 
human instead of trying to pretend that you're the master of the universe all the time. And I think they make a big mistake when they uh, don't tell the truth. And I learned that as a lawyer. You know, juries are very smart. You get 12 people from varying backgrounds and you put them in a room and they'll fight to the death to arrive at what they think is the right verdict, which is a wonderful system. And uh, they'll know you if you're a phony. If I look at them, they don't believe me. Uh, then I lost the case. If I can't get them in two minutes, I'm through. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the way I, I practiced uh, as a lawyer, and I uh, was uh, the mayor. I always told people the truth. They didn't want to hear it, like mm -hmm. the apocryphal story when I was speaking to a fourth grade class. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And it was a nice little speech. And yeah. I, I liked I liked to... I liked we were in the, new, you know, we were I, in the news sure business the news then. And <laughs> I, uh, I used to read to kids. I, I love I love uh, youngsters, and yeah. I would read books to them. My favorite book was the one about um, the three pigs and the wolf, the mm -hmm. true story. Yeah. Oh, great, great book. And um, uh, somebody must have been telling their parents that Goodman was going to be talking to the class because... Little hand goes up, fourth grader. Uh, yes, uh, what can I do for you? If you were in a uh, an island in the middle of the ocean, what is the one thing you would want? Okay. So I guess I could have said, you know, the Bible. <laughs> but I said the truth. I said I'd like a bottle of Bombay Sapphire Gin. <laughs> well, by the time I got back to my office, all these folks from the media were waiting for me there. With I never got so much publicity in my life. With cameras, it was unbelievable. And I said, look, I'm the George Washington of mayors. I had to tell the truth. So right. that's it. The next day was the greatest. I went over to uh, the, uh, the, they have a RJ newspaper drive mm -hmm. uh, where they give the papers to the oh, children yes. uh -huh. in, in school. So I went there. They had a golf tournament. And one of the cocktail waitresses there comes up and she says, we heard what you said, Mayor. She said, uh, thank God they didn't ask my husband. I, I said, Why? Because he would have said porn. <laughs> <laughs> you said it's okay to say these things, right? It's Absolutely. a podcast, yes. Say whatever you want. So in comparison... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm behaving myself, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, take a few more sips of the martini, yeah, and we'll then see let's see what happens. Right. It's, it's, it's like a truth serum. It's yeah. Right. So in all of your, your political experience, have you ever done political consulting and advised people on no. ripping off the bandage and just letting yourself no, hang the, out you there? Know, the, the, I, I learned really early on that unless you're in the seat, you, you really can't give people advice because you don't know what's happening around you. Even people say, well, you must uh, tell Carolyn what to do. Well, no one tells Carolyn what to do. <laughs> I mean, that's Good. clear. And she doesn't even discuss. I don't know what's happening down in City Hall, and I don't want to know because she's there and I'm not. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get in her way. She doesn't ask me uh, what I do when I run down to Beverly Hills, and uh, I, I trust that she's going to run the city great, and, and she has. I think what she's done with the homeless situation is probably the first positive thing. And she says, you know, my husband was there for 12 years and did nothing. Well, um, I tried. My first meeting, I had the best idea in the history of the world because all these poor, chronically homeless people have mental illness. Uh, just about every single one of them, they can't take care of themselves. There are no institutions anymore. The Reagan administration shut everything down. And I said, we have a building down at Gene, Nevada, and it'd be an ideal place. It has a commissary. It has rooms for sociologists and psychologists. Just so happens there's a prison now, but you take the bars off, it's a building. Next day, the stinking newspaper again. It's always the RJ. The stinking newspaper again. <laughs> so, oh, uh, they don't pay you here, do they? No, I'm not going to cost you your job by saying anything. Oh, no. Okay. No. 
Uh, the, the, we don't get paid anything. Uh, <laughs> we'll see about that. Uh, the, the, the headline in the paper was, Mayor wants to send homeless to prison. <laughs> that was the end of it. So for 12 years, I did nothing. And uh, she, uh, you know, you go around the town, it, it's, it's horrible. Go down to Los Angeles, you can't, wa- you can't walk around there. You go to San Francisco, forget about it. Portland, Seattle, they've taken over. And a lot of them, you have to feel sorry for them because they can't take care of themselves. But there are a lot of other people who really are taking advantage of a situation. And uh, she, uh, she said, enough is enough. We're a tourist uh, community. We have people who live here. And they're ruining our quality of life and endangering our business. So uh, she put things in place. And now you go downtown the last week or so. Mm-hmm. It's uh, she's making a difference. Yeah, yeah, and I know that, that she said, "Hey, you know what? If this gets people talking about the issue, That's then, then like mission did, accomplished." What I did with the graffiti. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I, I know. remember that. When, uh, did you the, say you're going to cut their fingers well, off or something? Well, no, no, just a thumb. Oh, Come God. on, I'm not cruel. Just the useless digit. <laughs> right. I, Sorry. No, you know, we had the ugliest highways in the world, and then finally, uh, I guess yeah. NDOT built a wonderful desert tortoise out of stone for me at the spaghetti bowl which is like the intersection of our entire community and um the day that it goes up i get a phone call mayor somebody defaced your tortoise i said you got to be kidding i went out there i looked at this poor tortoise it was just all painted over and everything i said and when we catch him i'm going to cut his thumb off on tv well, everybody went nuts with that one. <laughs> but, but the truth of the matter is, they started a graffiti squad with Metro. Yeah. And uh, we've, uh, we are addressing the problems. And they caught the young man. Uh, he was no Picasso, okay? <laughs> <laughs> they, they caught him. And I went to the judge. I said, I guess a little bit like Trump. I went to the judge and I said, um, uh, when you sentence this person, make part of the sentence that the person has to come up to my office in City Hall and apologize. Judge says whatever you want. So he goes to trial, he's found guilty or pled guilty, and his sentence included coming up to see me in City Hall. Well, I'm a man of my word. Uh, one of the fellows in City Hall had a machete. Oh, and I put, I put the machete right in front of me when this poor kid came in with his father. He saw it. The father began to stutter. Oh, my God. The kid began to stutter. I said, I'm going to. Use this machete. You have one more chance. I promise you this kid will never even think about graffiti again. (laughs) Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to continue our conversation with former Mayor Oscar Goodman. There's so much to talk about. Stick with us. Thanks for listening to Vegas Revealed. We just wanted to take a minute and let you know that we have a brand new website, vegas-revealed.com. That's where you'll find links to our podcast. You can find all different platforms to listen to Vegas Revealed. Also, we have an email there, ideas at vegas-revealed.com. Send us a note. Let us know what you want to hear here on our podcast. Also, our YouTube page has really cool videos that we produce when we're out and about in Las Vegas. It's a one-stop shop for everything Vegas related vegas-revealed.com and we 
are back on Vegas Reveal talking to former Las Vegas mayor Oscar Goodman. What am I here for today? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I was I just going to say. We're, we're just we getting are. there. We're but just warming was, up. Oh and that's what I was going to say. I mean, all this stuff. This I is think, ridiculous. I think we love it because you can tell where your heart is. You really just love Las Vegas. I love Las Vegas. And that's why even after you're termed out, you can't run for mayor anymore. Right. Now your wife is. And you're the host. You're the chairman of the host, host committee, committee for the LVCVA. Right. Permanent host committee. And that's a fun job. It's a great job. I mean, it's a bad uh, getting awoken or awakened or whatever happens in the morning. Two showgirls come up to the front door. Carolyn's already at City Hall. They come to my side of the bed. They start applauding. Is that bad? No. Then great I, way to start the I day. I go into a casino to greet a group that's coming into town, and they have my drink waiting for me at the front door. Perfect. By noon, I'm slurring my words. I, I can't stand up, but it's a wonderful way to live. And Carolyn says, how can you do this? For 40 years, you practice law, the toughest cases in the country. You work day and night. 12 years as a mayor, you went down every single day, seven days a week. You love being the mayor, and now you run around with showgirls and drink all day. Is that bad, I said? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it's not. And, you know, she, she she speaks out of both sides of her mouth, too, because I've seen her run around with those uh, Chippendales. <laughs> oh, yeah, she has oh, done yeah. some, some. Oh, forget about it. Some uh-huh. meetings with it's the Chippendales. It's not a public event that these guys aren't flexing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what's so fun about Las Vegas, right? And, and you know, uh, we just changed the, the slogan. Yes. Of Las Vegas. What yes. happens here stays here is ingrained in everybody's mind. But yes. now we have know, something new. Yes, we do. And it's interesting, the evolution of it. Um, what happens here stays here is a result. And I was uh, on the authority board at the time. I don't think I was a chair at that time, but very much involved in what was happening. It was shortly after 9-11. On 9-12, uh, about 30,000 of our workers were laid off for the hotels. The streets, you know, I, I get a kick out of myself. I used to complain uh, that uh, there's too much traffic uh, out there, so it's hard to get around. But when we drove those streets on the 12th, there weren't any cars. There weren't any people coming up from California. It was like a ghost town here. So the uh, advertising agency, I thought they were ingenious. Uh, they realized that people had to have a reason to come here. Uh, they had to feel that the weight of the world which was caused by the first invasion on the United States turf in history, uh, uh, it could be put behind them. Not that you forget it, not that you don't ache over it, but you have to think in terms of positive things. And they said, you know, our slogan should be what happens here stays here as far as Las Vegas is concerned. It was a term of freedom mm-hmm. and it worked. And the people began to come and now of course we're booming again. Uh, but I guess it got a little old. Uh, I don't think so, I, I love the old uh, what happens here stays here, but now we have a new one. Um, what happens here only happens here. Mm-hmm. And the whole thrust is that Las Vegas is the only place in the world where everything is available for everybody when they come here. And it's true. Uh, we can, you can go to ball games now. We have the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, we're gonna have the Raiders, we have uh, uh, the rugby, we've got Na- our second NASCAR is coming yeah. up this weekend. Yeah. I mean, just the the fight, the Fury fight mm-hmm. is coming up. It's, it's just amazing. There's something for everybody to do all the time, and this is the only place like that. And you, all you have to do is walk from one place to another, and entertainment, the best entertainers in the world are there for you. The greatest food in the world is there for you. You can't go to any other city where everything is concentrated in an area like Las Vegas and have all this available. So I think it's a great slogan. Yeah, I really yeah. do. I think, I think it's an important slogan. And uh, there's so many new things that are coming up. 
uh, this uh, coming year. We have the uh, uh, what's the name of the world? World uh, Resorts. Uh, uh, Resorts World. Resorts World. Yeah. See, we were just talking about the name. <laughs> like, how sometimes yeah, you flip it by mistake. That's me. That's on me. I am. I am dumb. No, almost as dumb. I'm not that dumb. Resorts World. I saw. I saw plans. I went up there and talked to Scott Sabella. Uh, it's really going to be special. It's huge. It's mm-hmm. huge. And uh, the grounds are going to be gorgeous. And they're going to have great restaurants. And just going to be a very, very cool place. And then we have Circuit Downtown with Dirk Stevens. Uh, it's going to be, the I would imagine, the greatest race and sports book in the history of uh, the world. Wow. Uh, give, uh, give people an opportunity to see something spectacular. It's going to have great restaurants. Of course, I have my little Oscars restaurant right across the street. Sure, sure going to benefit from that which is nice and uh, the convention uh, center mm. is expanding you know uh, people say you really don't need the convention center uh, that uh, Las Vegas sells itself not true um, when I was on the board we used to go over once a year to London to a national uh, travel mm-hmm. convention right every single little town every single state every single country every single nation all were competing for our business because we were number one, we still are, and they try to knock number one off the perch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they spend some money. I mean, they, you went to the, uh, the, um, the Emirates, and basically you thought that their booth was dripping from diamonds and gold. Hmm. It probably was. It was just awesome. And uh, other places were spending tons of money in order to attract business to come to them and to leave us. And all we had was me. And my showgirls and my martini. <laughs> and I'll tell you something. They like the showgirls better than they like the gold. Did they? The I love that. Absolutely. We wrote so much business there. But we had to go after it. We had to hustle it because the competition is fierce. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we're, we're succeeding. So I don't want to hear that they don't need it. They do need it. Uh, whether they want it or not is a different story. But they do need it. They but do. something else that Las Vegas has now that no other city does is a tunnel that is bored by Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And uh, uh, if he's lucky, he'll probably end up in Mars or something. Else. <laughs> <laughs> On a Tesla. Is that where the other end of the tunnel oh, I have comes no out? Idea. <laughs> I have no idea. All I know is I get the Wall Street Journal every once in a while, and there's always a story about him as to whether mm-hmm. he's going broke or he's going to be another trillionaire. I, I, all I uh, hope is that the uh, the boring, it's an amazing name for a company, mm-hmm. a boring company, <laughs> uh, but I understand why they uh, call it the boring company, because it bores. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I hope that it solves the, the traffic flow, mm-hmm. that's what it's all designed to do. Sure. Apparently the customers, instead of walking 20 minutes from getting from one place to another during convention, uh, will be able to get on that and get there in like 20 seconds, which is, which is terrific. Um, the uh, the convention center is going to be uh, phenomenal. They're uh, redoing everything that presently exists and adding over a million three uh, square feet wow. uh, to the 3.2 million that's already exists. And we have to do it because if we don't keep up with it, uh, you folks will not have a podcast. Right. Exactly. That's the truth. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you for, <laughs> for doing all of this I'm for trying. us. The only reason I'm doing it is for you. I, 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 well, I'm doing a little bit because I got a drink. Who's, who's paying for this drink? Yeah, oh. Sean. <laughs> she volunteered you. That's pretty yeah. good. She did. I'll take but, my card out. But it's true. All these things, I mean, it, in the slogan, oh. only Vegas, it's, you know, we're going to have this only tunnel. Vegas. We're going to have this. It's a, And I see it's people using slogan. it on social it's media good. and saying, and, uh, only, in, only Vegas. I'm still not not sure. I think I'm getting misadvised. I, I was a little sober, 
uh, at the beginning <laughs> of the Super Bowl. Uh, second half, forget about it. So yeah. 44 players on the field at one time. <laughs> right. But uh, right before they told me that they ran the ad pre-Super Bowl during mm -hmm. the pre-broadcast. I don't know whether to take that as a slap, that it wasn't during the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. uh, which was the case several years ago. They refused to take our Las Vegas right. ad. I remember that. Yeah. Or whether that it was in, in lieu of that and I should not be upset. Uh, but uh, until I find out, uh, I am not going to allow Roger Goodell to drink martinis at Oscars. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oscars at the plaza. There's consequences. Consequences <laughs> no, for bad ad placement. That, that's the whole thing. Yeah. That's very true. How's the restaurant going? Good? Terrific. It really is. Good. It's great. You do your talks I love it there. there. You have your I do it about every six weeks. Mm -hmm. I, I give a speech. Uh, the next one is March the 5th been sold out. It sells out the same night that I give the speech. People are getting angry at me now that they can't get a seat. I may not show up for fear of uh, not getting a seat. But I think this time I'm going to talk about an old client of mine. Fascinating case. Jimmy Shagra. I don't know whether that name rings a bell. When did you two get here? Uh, 2005. 2004. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well I'm an old timer okay. and um, uh, in 1979 a federal judge down in Texas was assassinated. And um, the government's theory of the case is that Woody Harrelson's father was a trigger man, and that my client, Jimmy Shagwer, who was a giant gambler here, I mean, probably the biggest gambler they ever had in coming to, to town, that he paid for it because he was going to go in, to trial in front of Judge Wood, and Judge Wood was called Maximum John because he sentenced people to the most he could, could sentence them to. And it was referred to as the trial of the century. There's always a trial of the century, sure. you know, OJ. Jimmy's was a trial of the century back then, and um, uh, it's a great story. It's a, it's a, it's a neat story, and uh, everybody was found guilty except my client because on the eve of the trial, my client's wife wrote a letter to the judge's widow. She was a defendant in the case saying, Dear Mrs. Wood, uh, I was cooking fried chicken in my kitchen, and my husband came up to me and he said, I'm going to kill me a federal judge, but I had nothing to do with it. Well. Uh, she was found guilty along with my uh, uh, my uh, client's brother and Harrelson, the supposed uh, shooter, and Harrelson's wife, and mm. they moved my case uh, down to uh, Jacksonville, and I got a not guilty for him. So, wow. yeah, it was, it was very, very cool, and I did some great things during the trial. Even I have to say that. <laughs> I, I did some great things, and uh, what goes around comes around. I wasn't happy with the judge, mm. not, not Judge Wood. I didn't really know him but with the judge who took it over, William Sessions, who then became mm. head of the FBI. Yep. And he got his, uh, I don't wish any bad on anybody at this time. That's wrong. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he, he, uh, he, he, he left in disgrace, so everything worked out. Yeah. And but I'm going to tell that story. That's a great story. Great I remember all this stuff. You've got such a good memory. No, uh, Better than me. It's because of the gin. <laughs> you know, I have the biggest brain cells in the world. You uh, do. People do not believe that. My brain cells are huge. And I attribute it all to the gin because other people do what I do, but they just don't drink as much gin. Now, oh, I need to catch up. I know. Man. Well, it's going to take a look. How old are you now? 40. You don't know I have some time. time. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never catch up. I love it. You'll never catch up. You know, I, I have I'm a, not leaving here. I'm enjoying myself. I know. So good. I am, too. I love it. Let's keep talking. We're talking forever. You, you know, with your experience uh, representing the mob here in Las Vegas. Alleged mob. Alleged mob. Uh, uh, <laughs> Reputed mob. Do you find yourself compelled to watch uh, these mob TV shows and series oh, I love that come out? I love The Sopranos. Do you? I, I think anybody who didn't like The Sopranos is probably blind and deaf and mm. uh, doesn't have their senses about them. I thought it was a great 
I thought it was a great piece of artwork, actually. I thought it was terrific. I, I like Boardwalk Empire. Mm -hmm. I, I thought that was very, very good. And those are the only two that I really paid any attention to because I like the, I like the, the uh, storyline. I like the acting. Let's in put them on. Put this person on. <laughs> yeah, why not? You don't <laughs> okay. Talk to this person. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this could be Dennis Hoff's ghost. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this poor Dennis Hoff. What a uh. guy. He came down to hear one of my speeches. Did he? Oh, did plaza. he? Yes. He was late, and I screamed at him, and I yelled at him, and then we became friends, and he, he gave me a bathrobe. Uh, he didn't call me the madam. <laughs> it was something like that. Uh, I don't know, but um, yeah. you know, I represented our federal judge here, Judge Claiborne, mm -hmm. right? And uh, he was uh, initially charged with bribing the owner of the Mustang Ranch, which was a brothel up in Story County, uh, and uh, Conforti uh, was the main witness against him. And we really made uh, mincemeat out of Conforti, but ultimately they got the poor judge on a tax case, <laughs> although they shouldn't have done it. But that's a whole story in and of itself. <laughs> that was a sad day for for Las Vegas because mm -hmm. he was the only judge impeached in the last century mm -hmm. and he was convicted right. uh, of the tax case but as far as the bribery and that kind of the venal stuff uh, it, it all went down the toilet yeah your stories are endless and that's why that's, and, why, and you're, what that's is, why your things are sold out <laughs> what is one to do when you have endless stories like this well, you tell them to yourself because after a while people get tired of listening to them <laughs> And with my, my brain cells, I can't forget. So I you know, it's great. My wife, who I love more than life itself, I wish this phone would stop. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, my, my, uh, she's the greatest. She wakes up, well, she doesn't sleep, but she sort of s talks to me about two in the morning. Mm -hmm. And she says, what are, what are the names of uh, those two uh, people that you were on the podcast with? I mean, I'm <laughs> in the middle of a, a deep sleep. And I said, Sean and Dana. <laughs> oh, okay. Go back to sleep. <laughs> she knows. She knows what wow, the gin does. Wow, and you remembered. I love that. She, well, she knows what the gin does. She does. I, you know, every night I sit in front. Uh, I have bets on every game. I can show you my little betting slip. Would you like it? Like, sure, why uh, not? Oh, yeah. It's a, I sickness. Love it. it's a sickness. And yeah, I, uh, I mean, you don't die from this. You embrace, embrace everything, Las Vegas. And I think that's well, the best part I, from I gaming. Like to to I like to live every single second. You do. It's, and right, it's great. Ball game. Okay. By the way, how'd you do on the Super Bowl? I lost. Oh, oh okay. You could ask me. I, I have the same uh, answer for you. And any question you ask about sports? You <laughs> lose. Oh no. Oh yeah. Oh no. Because <laughs> yesterday I was hotter than a firecracker. I won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I won nine out of ten basketball bets. Okay. Really? Yes. These are my little bets. You oh can my. See. And you carry them around. I carry. Oh, you do it. Oh no. I you love that. Oh, you have to carry them around. It's great. And I got my bets here. I, I bet one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve games today. Look at that. In the heat of all the action with March Madness. I you want to sit you, down you and watch it, those games it. with you. You need it. You, you need the action when you're you a do. trial lawyer and you're in court all day and, and you're fighting every FBI agent, every DEA agent in the world, fighting the judges, fighting them taking your fee from you, seizing your car from you, as always happened with me. They took my Rolls Royce. No, I'm serious. Uh, That's a story in and of itself. Yeah, that is a story. And, um, fighting and fighting you can't go to sleep you have to have action mm -hmm. so every night that's when I became a real degenerate <laughs> we could have this go on for uh, the next 10 episodes I, I love it I to be back for at least 9 out of those okay, 10 episodes ok good but now if Villanova wins tonight and okay. covers the spread Sean uh, Dan are you a sports fan? I am a sports fan ok well the two of you put a little money down ok ok a little bit just try it out and if you win, I'll let you buy me a drink at Oscar. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. That's that a sounds, deal. That sounds like such a great deal. <laughs> Is the parking free there? 
Absolutely. Okay, good. Absolutely. Because that's like, you know, so controversial now, the paid parking. Uh, and I think it's very bad. Yeah. I, I don't want to do anything to kill the golden goose. This mm-hmm. town has been so good to me, and it's supposed to be a bargain. And to me, it's penny ante. And you, I don't care how much money they make because whatever they come in with, they're not going to leave with it. They're going to leave it with you if you own one of these joints. Mm-hmm. And uh, to charge for parking, it just it seems foolish to me because it just makes people angry. But worse than that is a stupid tax they don't tell you about. Now, what, it's the resort a, fee? Resort fee. <laughs> I would be hotter than a firecracker if I came into one of these places. I'm paying 300 for a room and I get a, a, a bill for 400 And I said, what's that for? The resort fee. I would burn the place down. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I would have one of my clients burn the place down. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, Oscar, you know, for, for a guy who came to town not knowing a, a soul, You've you've progressed pretty darn well. Yeah. Well, it's a great town, as you know. It I is. mean, look at you. You you have a whole new future. You had great uh, careers mm-hmm. in the media, and now uh, you're you have your own program, your own company. Yeah. Uh, people are going to hire you. You're going <laughs> to make a lot of money, and uh, you're going to be happy. And that's oh. the main thing. Just. Be true to yourself. Be honest when you look in the mirror in the morning. Thank you, Oscar. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's um, if people keep trying to get me to leave. Oh, should you take a job here? And I don't. I just can't no, leave. I love no, it. No, I love it. You don't need a job. Vegas no, for I life. Don't need a job. <laughs> you got a podcast. You don't need a job. <laughs> How does a podcast work? Uh, uh, can I play it? Uh, yes, you can play it. We'll yeah. teach you. We're gonna make you. How we're gonna you? go on your phone. We're gonna download it for you. Subscribe, and then you're gonna give us five stars. <laughs> I'm happy to do that. I don't know how to turn on my phone. <laughs> Oscar Goodman, always a pleasure. My Thank pleasure. you so Cheers. much. Thank you, and good luck to you. Cheers. Cheers as well. <laughs> and up next on Vegas Revealed, how the annual star-filled Power of Love Gala all comes together. Keep it here on Vegas Revealed. From coast to coast here in the U.S. and around the world, people are tuning in to Vegas Revealed. Let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving your ratings and comments on whichever platform you're listening from. And we want your feedback, too. Yeah, let us know what you want to know about in Las Vegas. Send us a message on the Vegas Revealed pages. We've got a Facebook page, Instagram, and Twitter. Your comments or suggestions could be a part of our next episode. Thanks for listening to Vegas Revealed. Memory Alive's 24th Annual Power of Love Gala is on March 7th. It's at the MGM Grand. They're going to be honoring Neil Diamond this year, who announced his retirement from touring due to his Parkinson's disease diagnosis. And in the studio with us, we have Keep Memory Alive's director, Anna Robbins, and Camille Ruvo, the co-founder of Keep Memory Alive. And we are just so honored to have you both here. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Now, let's just, first of all, talk about this is like the big, big event of the year, especially in Las Vegas, but so much work goes into it, right? Yeah, we we spend most of the year thinking and planning this night that's going to happen on March 7th. I mean, I know how spectacular this event is, and I imagine it's got to take a lot of time, but a whole year in advance, that's a, I mean, that's a ton of work. Well, we already know the 2021 date, mm-hmm. so that <laughs> gives you any indication <laughs> I of love how it. far in advance we start planning. You have to. Yeah. You cannot do an event this spectacular without an awful lot of planning. 
I mean, celebrities come from all over and show their support. The Las Vegas community comes out and shows their support. It all benefits the Cleveland Clinic Lou Ruvo Center for Brain Health, which we are so lucky to have here in Las Vegas. And some people listening outside of Las Vegas might not even know that it's here. You gave me a tour last year, and I was astounded at how much um, goes into it. And you were even saying you need to expand. Yes, we do. We do. We um, This year alone, we, we built the building with thinking that the, the at the top there would be 10,000 uh, patient visitors 10 years ago when we opened. Now, this year, in 2020, we expect to see close to 40,000 patient visits. Wow. Incredible. And so it's growing. You were saying you could have never done this without the community support and the people that come never, out to the Power of Love never. Gala. The support that we receive from our local community they've come out they believe in us they believe in what we're doing and they understand it better than any community that i've ever seen i've been to a lot of fundraising events outside of the las vegas area i've never seen anything more spectacular than the las vegas community and as we mentioned it is a spectacular event but i, I before we get into the details of, of the event that's coming up here real soon let's get more into what this world-renowned center for brain health does and the advancements that are being made right here in las vegas that are impacting so many people around the globe it's incredible we used to say if you have pain get on a plane living here in las vegas mm -hmm. i think for the first time in a really long time it's wonderful that we have these highly ranked professionals here in Las Vegas. And when I say professionals, I don't just mean the doctors, the administrators as well. They are all very, very professional. You come in, there are no waiting rooms at the Cleveland Clinic Lou Ruvo Center for Brain Health because you don't want stage one looking at stage four. So as soon as a patient shows up, you are immediately greeted by a volunteer who will take you upstairs to an examining room. You wait in your examining room, you and your caregiver, and your examination will take place there. Hmm. When you leave, every patient walks out with a flower and a carnation. No matter how many times you come, you re still receive your flower. And mm -hmm. Our patients have actually come to uh, expect the flower, <laughs> so it's kind of nice. And, and why is that? What is it, does that flower symbolize something? It does. It, it, it is our way to say thank you. Thank you for letting us care for you and your family. Mm, that's really special. Yeah, and, and it's hard when you, you know, it, it's a lot. It's a lot on the family. And like you were just mentioning, it's a lot on the person, but all the people around them, too. And I know that, just like you were saying, it's bringing comfort to the entire family or the caregiver, if they're not related, in this situation, right? Oh, the, the caregiver takes on the brunt of these diseases because mm -hmm. it's a 24-7 job. Mm -hmm. They don't get a holiday. They don't get a weekend. They can, they, in addition to not having any time off, they feel guilty if they want to take any time off. Mm -hmm. So we have social services programs in place in addition to everything else that we're doing, which is also clinical trials. We have social services programs that provide services to help the caregiver and help them cope during each stage of all the diseases that we deal with. Mm -hmm. Obviously at the gala, uh, this is talked about and people know why they're there and it's about having fun and it's a special night, but it's also about raising funds and, and keeping things moving because like you said, it's, it's constant growth, right? It is. It's, um, 
It's been a pleasant surprise. We don't like that we have so many patient visits. We'd mm -hmm. rather have less than more. Of course. But we do realize that we're offering the greatest of care. So it makes us feel good. It sort of gives Larry and I and Anna and I think the rest of the team to continue on giving the greatest possible event called Power of Love because it's our way of saying to the community, look, we cannot do this without you. We lose money on every patient that we see. That's really, I mean, your podcast is called Vegas Revealed. Mm -hmm. I'm revealing a secret that most people don't really know. Mm -hmm. So we lose, for every patient we see, we receive money. We, if, if, you, if our doctors spend an hour with a patient, that hour is, we receive maybe $25, say. Mm -hmm maybe $28 for every patient. Right. So we lose an awful lot of money every time we see a patient, which we don't mind doing because we have this great support of the community and power of love to help supplement that loss. Mm -hmm. and, and obviously this is something that's impacting a tremendous number of people, but Key Memory Alive was born out of something very personal, wasn't it? Yeah. My, my husband's father had Alzheimer's, mm -hmm. and he went undiagnosed for... A very long time and we took him out of town and finally took a doctor dr. Thal Leon Thal who helped us actually he, he was the motivator um, as to how we got to the Cleveland Clinic Lou Rubel Center for Brain Health but he was the one who finally diagnosed my father-in-law after two and a half years and he was in a clinical trial and he was taking medication that wasn't FDA approved and five, I think uh, it was $500 for 100 pills. Wow. It's very expensive. Wow, that is crazy. Very expensive. So the average person probably would look at that and say, well, I, I'd do anything to save my loved one, but at, that, at what cost? Mm -hmm. At what cost? Yeah. And Anna, explain what, what Keep Memory Alive is doing in relation to what the hospital provides. We support all of the programs that we offer to all the families and the caregivers. We're really charged with going out and engaging the community to not only raise money, but support with volunteer hours and other ways of getting community members involved so that we can continue with the service lines that we offer, but also expand our caregiving and support services to family members and community members. And I know this year you, got, you guys are honoring uh, Neil Diamond. How do you come up with who you're going to honor uh, and highlight every year? Is that, is that a difficult task? Is it the list is too long, or how does that work? <laughs> the list can always be <laughs> as long as it wants to be. <laughs> um, Neil's just, I mean, uh, his music and, and what he, he's just great. Um, Neil, Neil Diamond, we, we have a list of people who we would love to have, but right. it doesn't necessarily always come together the way we envision it to. Um, Neil Diamond um, has Parkinson's, and he's ready to, I think, start exploring and talking about it. We, my husband and I, Larry and I, uh, were with him last week, he and his wife, we went to his recording studio, and his voice is as great as we all remember it to be I was really pleased to to hear that he yeah. has such a beautiful voice I can't mm -hmm. even begin to describe how great he sounds so picking from the list that's a group of people that Anna mm -hmm. um, gets together you know we'll we'll 
brainstorm mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a constant brainstorm. You should be at dinner with my husband and I. <laughs> oh my <tonight>. goodness, <laughs> that'd be fun. Oh, we're there. We're there. <laughs> I get random texts throughout right. the night. <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah. Well, this is going to be a special night, and I was just reading. Uh, you have folks coming like Tony Braxton, right? Billy Ray Cyrus, uh, Babyface is going to be there. Sammy Hagar, also Andy Grammer, Chris Isaac. What a lineup! It's going to be a show-stopping night, and we really. We do our best to make sure we give our constituents, our guests, our donors the best night possible. And two other people who are being recognized at the gala are Dr. Miriam and Sheldon Adelson. We're sitting here in the Palazzo, the Adelsons building their casino here on the Strip. Why are are they being recognized this year? Well, they have been um, great supporters of Keep Memory Alive from the very beginning. Um, even when we, even though we started at Spago in um, the forum shops, we then moved over to Postrio uh, Post here, mm-hmm. here yeah. at the Venetian, not the Plaza, but at the Venetian. Mm-hmm. And we did our event there for, I want to think, eight years. About eight years, we did our event at that restaurant as well. They have been behind us every step of the way, and you know we've we've tried for several years. We've been wanting to do this, and with conflicts and dates, it's taken us some time. And finally, we're we have an opportunity to thank them in front of the entire community and and let the community know how deserving they are of this award. Yeah, I know people that save up all year just to make sure that they can go to this event. Yeah. I mean, it's very special to them. Lay out the night for people who don't know, maybe have never been, um, and maybe st- want to start, you know, being a part of it. W- what do we expect when we when we walk in? How does the night go? Well, I think there's a lot of ways you can really support the event, not just attending and buying that ticket, but we have over 100 volunteers who volunteer their time that night. We have 100 wine sommeliers who mm. come and make sure that they're pouring our wines perfectly with each meal Um, so there's a lot of community behind it but as a guest you can expect to have every aspect of your night thought of we try to do our best to make sure that from the time they come to the front door or pick up the phone and call us they have the best experience possible very similar to what we do at the clinic we think of every movement of our guests and our patients right and all these and there will be performances too right so there'll be entertainment and all the people i just mentioned will probably do a little something i'm assuming Yes, they'll be singing. <laughs> They're not just showing up. Yeah. <laughs> you put them to showing. work, right? And we have Wolfgang, ba- uh, Wolfgang Puck yeah. and Morimoto cooking a spectacular meal. And so it'll be a top-notch event. It, it's it's it seems to be going in the direction of one of our top events. Mm. And, and that's incredible when you have people like Andrea Bocelli and Celine Dion yeah. and Tony Bennett who have all been part of this in the past to say that I it's... I think it's going to be right that's there. That's incredible. Right there. There's a lot of energy Lionel around Richie. all of this and Neil Diamond and mm. just the phone calls we've received and the interest. There's like, we can, it's, You can feel the energy mm-hmm. and especially now that we're only handful of days away. Yeah, right. It's That's getting true. very exciting. And you guys, you get some incredible things on that silent auction list, right? And now can people bid if they're not there? Oh, yeah. Okay, yes. so you can go online and bid and do all that. Okay, so you don't yes. actually have to be yes. there to help, like you were saying. There's many ways in yeah. which to give. I mean, they can even go online and, and give $20 if they feel compelled to do that. There's no doubt that it is a very expensive ticket. We realize that. But that's why it's ever more important that we give you so much of a night Mm -hmm. so that you don't, you walk out of there and you remember that and you feel good about what you've done. I've done good for, for a great cause 
and boy did I drink some great wines and taste some delicious food and the desserts that are moved there's moving <laughs> desserts and great entertainment I don't know where else you can go and get all that. And Anna, you mentioned Wolfgang Puck once again going to be a part of this. Yes. And um, Camille, he really dates back to the very beginning. Yes, he does. Mm -hmm. He does. He started this. Yes, with Mr. We, we couldn't and do it Rubo. without Wolfgang. Yeah. There's a story that goes back to I think it was the second year that we did it. I could have my. It could be. Mm. I'm almost positive it was the second or maybe the third year we did it. And uh, Wolfgang used to close Spago down. He would close Spago in the forum shops. And he told Larry, he said, look, I have this up and coming chef and I really want him to cook with me. And that's how we always had these part. This is the beginning of the partnership of chefs with Wolfgang and Celebrity Chef, Wolfgang and Celebrity Chef. And this is when the Celebrity Chef idea was just coming around. And, um, Larry said, great, you know, whoever, whoever you want to bring with you, Wolf, bring. So it wound up being Nobu. Huh. Uh. And this is when he, he had already had Matsuhisu in, in Los Angeles, but then he wound up being a, a household name. The wow. up-and-coming chef Exactly. Nobu. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? Exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, b before we close, I wanted to quickly mention um, the center. It, that's a place, too, that people have events, and that's a really unique idea I know that you guys thought of. Have your events here, and that money also goes to the clinic, right? It does, and we're busy every day booking weddings and corporate events and um, product launches, and we partner with different conventions coming in town, and we raise a heck of a lot of money in that center that goes all back to our services and our patients. So when the lights go down in the clinic, we say they go on in the event center and we continue to raise money and awareness. All those people coming into our center from all over the world, they may be coming to their corporate event, but they also get to leave with our message. Mm -hmm. and, and for people who are out of town who may not be familiar with the facility itself. I explain the visual and architectural significance of the building because that is, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just spectacular. Well, <laughs> as I said earlier, if you've ever been to dinner with my husband, <laughs> where our, our wheels are spinning. And what, we, was that one of the things that sprung out of dinner? Well, it was a, uh, so the creativity is constantly being mm -hmm. discussed. And what about this? And what about that? And we were at one of my daughter's volleyball games and the initial um, idea behind uh, before it was Lou Ruvo Center for Brain Health was we needed a facility, desperately needed a facility to put Larry's father in and we had a very hard time finding a place when he became in the later stages of Alzheimer's um, to find a place to put him and after searching and going from place to place and one was more dirty than the other and who was just slumped, mm. slumped yeah. over in a chair it was very difficult and so the goal behind our dinners was to build a facility for the patient and if you can believe this for the caregiver because we had plans for this we had architectural plans for this but after meeting with Dr. Thal and he was watching and seeing how much money we were raising we didn't realize that that was a lot of money we just thought that's what happens in charitable fundraisers he said no you're raising an awful lot of money in one night you need to do more you need to do more for those diseases you could potentially help find a cure with the, that kind of money so we were at my daughter's volleyball game one day and my husband was not paying 
much attention to the volleyball game. <laughs> I noticed he was up, he was down, he was in the state, he, and he was. And finally, I went up to him. I said, "Is everything okay?" He goes, "I gotta think of a way to get attention to." the diseases and it's not going to be some bricks and mortar type of building it's got to be some great architectural uh, person who gets behind it so when people go by the building they go what's going on inside that building and so the um, Lou Ruvo Center for Brain Health my husband decides he's going to reach out to Frank Geary (laughs) (laughs) Frank Geary as soon as my husband made the appointment with him my husband goes in and meets with Frank Geary, and Frank Geary said, I'm not building a, a building in Las Vegas. And my husband said, you know what? You made an appointment with me for one hour. I want my one hour. He said, okay, sit down. And three hours later, they were still talking. He never committed. Frank Geary never committed at that point. They had another appointment. I went back with Larry about two weeks later, and Frank Geary came up to me, introduces himself to me he's very kind man Mm -hmm. very direct but extremely kind and warm and he said have you ever made mud pies with somebody when you were a kid and I said oh yeah and he goes I feel like I made mud pies with your husband I'm going to do this building he told me and announced it at that and in that manner, I'm going to make mud pies with your husband. Oh my goodness! We just had dinner with him on Sunday. Wow, wow. incredible! We've become very good friends with him and his wife Berta. Oh, and all these ideas coming together—it's just really. <laughs> and uh, I have to say, the building doesn't resemble a mud pie at all. No. It's, it's, it's marvelous. I it mean, is. you you go by and it's just it's a spectacular, spectacular yeah. facility. So, yeah. kudos to to Larry for making those mud pies. <laughs> I love it. I'll I'll tell you, there's no no one like my husband when it comes to going after what he wants. Yeah. You guys wouldn't be where we are today without that. No. And and it's becoming, sadly, I hear more and more. I feel like I know someone who knows someone who has dementia, Alzheimer's, and things that we need this clinic for. Um, Like you said, sadly, we don't want that to be the situation. But um, we would love nothing more. Yeah. But I will tell you that in the 10 years that we've been open, we have made great strides Mm -hmm. in the disease. So there is some hope. Don't give up hope. There is something on the horizon. They're constantly working on something, and there may be some good news for for some people in the very near future. Right. So, and you guys have that library too. People can go and get information and read up. Right. Anytime. Anytime. It's free. Anytime. Perfect. Listen. Thank you so much, Camille and Anna, for coming on. If folks want tickets, they can go to keepmemoryalive.org or information or really anything. All the updates and announcements will be there. Up next on Vegas Revealed, our two tips. Stay with us. Hey, thanks for listening to Vegas Revealed. Each week, we'll chat about anything Las Vegas. Highlights of things new and old, secrets, stories, and our favorites. We look forward to interviewing some of the most interesting people in Vegas, celebrities, friends, those that work behind the scenes, and more. We want to enhance your Vegas experience. We've lived here for 15 years each, and we have some really useful tips. Expect something different each week on Vegas Revealed. It's time for Dana and Sean's secret tips. Today, I have one, and I'm talking open table. Okay. Okay? It's a secret to some. Some know about it, some don't. But... 
here's the deal. A lot of people come to Las Vegas, they visit, and they spend a lot of time trying to get into restaurants. But I say, do your research ahead of time. You can book on Open Table, which is really great, and then you can adjust it as it gets closer. Okay, so you want to change the party size. Maybe you want to adjust the time. So you can make changes as you go along. But secure your spot now. Look at the restaurants you definitely want to go to. Look to the ones that you're interested in and just book them. And then you can adjust or cancel or change. And here's the cool thing. You gather up all sorts of points. Recently, I just got a $50 dining credit really? uh, to use. Yeah, because I had booked so many times. I and mean, this is through Open Table. Just through Open Table. Wow. So even if you're going to go somewhere sometimes in an hour and you want to reserve a table, you just reserve it. Once you get in, they clear it, and then you get a certain amount of points. So you can earn all sorts of credits. It's really cool. It's very, very helpful especially for a trip here to Las Vegas. Very cool. Okay, so you know how if you pull up to a a gaming table in the casino, you really want to feel like you're a high roller, right? Well, yeah. Okay, so if you really want to feel like that, but you don't have the bank account to back that up, what you want to do is drive out to Henderson. Henderson is one of the suburbs right here in the Las Vegas Valley, and go out to Boulder Highway. There's a little place called Joker's Wild. Ooh, that sounds fun. Uh, it has been I've around forever. By, I have driven by that. It has been mm-hmm. around forever. And it's one of my favorite places to go because they have 25 cent roulette. No way. That's right up my alley. Are you serious? I'm going. So you put a a 20 down on that table and you get a stack of chips that makes you feel like a millionaire. (laughs) It's amazing. And not only do they have the 25 cent roulette, they have uh, craps, which is a dollar minimum Monday through Thursday. And then on weekends, Friday through Sunday, it goes up to a $2 minimum. But they also have three. $3 $3 blackjack and uh, $3 blackjack shoe. So you can't beat these prices. And I know a lot of people who have actually won some good money there too. And if you ever wanted to just slide a stack of chips out onto the table and let it ride, Joker's Wild is the place to do it. Boulder, uh, Boulder Highway out in Henderson. I'm there. Okay, great tip, Sean. Love it. Listen, it's been a, a packed show today. Uh, we've enjoyed it so much. So many laughs there with Oscar Goodman and uh, such great information that we talked to Camille Ruvo about the Power of Love Gala that's coming up. Again, if you want to check that out, it's March 7th. Yeah, and we'll have uh, more on the Power of Love Gala in the next couple weeks here on Vegas Revealed. Thanks for listening. Say-